everyone welcome 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 to another episode of faith in it with Kay. so today the things that i am kind of stewing on or thinking about um or you know from this week is you know obviously <laughs> uh the president um tweeted on friday that he had he and uh, Melania Trump uh, both tested positive for the the COVID for the coronavirus or COVID nineteen. So, um, and then you know as the day has gone on, there are mixed messages, of course, that continues to come out. He's doing well. He's not doing well. Um, he's been rushed to the hospital um, for monitoring. He's he's just been rushed to the hospital just as a precaution. They keep an eye. So no one really knows what's going on. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, and I wrestled with it, honestly, like I didn't have the best thoughts when I first heard of it um, because of like just how terrible he's been throughout this whole process, even with the virus and it it having claimed so many lives just worldwide. And, you know, I think it's over uh, 200,000 lives here in the U.S. alone and his insistence on not wearing a mask and um, telling people not to wear a mask and to just open up uh, the whole country, even with this Lumen virus, and get rid of, um, rid of any doctor that dares to speak about the reality of what's going on. Um, but nonetheless, um, this virus is, it's, it's, it's so deadly. <laughs> and, you know, it's not something to wish like no matter who the person is to wish on anyone. Um, so, you know, I stand in agreement for his and Melania's um, um, recovery uh, from the virus and, you know, just hoping that once he walks out of this, um, that he will walk out um, with, <laughs> I know it's a tall, hard, hard, tall order for God, but, you know, just different perspective, um, at the very least on the virus and the, how dangerous it is. Um, I also, um, sent in prayers up for Joshua Vasquez's family. Um, apparently he's, uh, he was shot and killed by his neighbor who, uh, shouted, allegedly shouted, all lives matter. And right before take right before his life was taken, apparently Joshua shouted, "Black Lives Matter." It's unclear of, I guess, exactly what the incident is about, but it's just being insinuated that um, it is a racial act of um, racism. Um, so just sending prayers out for Joshua Vasquez's family there in California. There is a GoFundMe page that's um, been. Uh, open for his family to help with the expense of a funeral because he does have young children. Um, Yeah, it's just such a crazy time, y'all. We really do have to continue to lift each other up in prayer and and also at the same time, speak truth. Um, Speak truth to power. Speak truth to each other um, because it's necessary. We can't be afraid to be uncomfortable because the truth um, does make people uncomfortable. But 
prayers up for um, his family during this time. Um, yeah, so it's going to be another two-part, two or maybe three parts, actually. Um, uh, Morgan Stewart's back. Um, so it's always a good time talking to Morgan. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation. This conversation does not follow the regular um, program. This conversation is purely, really political and just having conversations about um, what's happened with Breonna Taylor. So this week is mostly focused on uh, the, the system that the police was created on and Breonna Taylor. Um, so next week we'll focus on a little bit on the presidency. So when you hear next week, because it is pre-recorded, so you will hear um, the incident of Trump being uh, brought up next week um, as well. So yeah, so I really hope you enjoy this conversation. Um, I do want to, you know, note that Anchor has been having some issues or I've been having some issues with Anchor. So you might hear the overlapping of voices. Um, but I hope it's not too distracting um, as it pertains to the conversation. And yes, I, I can't cancel out noises yet. Uh, so you might hear that a little bit, but I really hope that you're able to hone in on the conversation, just really listen and it encourages you to have these conversations when when you're able to um, with those who are around you. have a treat for you this week my friend Morgan Stewart is back with us so she's been on here from season one season two so here she's back for season three um but we're gonna get started with the get to know you segment because that's I think that's yeah that's a season three thing so she hasn't gotten to do that so we're gonna you know give you a chance to get to know Morgan a little bit more so hey Morgan how you doing Hey, Katie. Thank you for Thank saying you for having yes. me. I'm so, so glad you're here. <laughs> Thank you for saying yes, because, you know, I've been trying to get Morgan for a while, y'all, yeah, but mm, she couldn't pencil me into her schedule. So I'm hey. glad, you, were, you know, we finally got to, you know, our schedules aligned. I was going to <laughs> I was around. I'm sorry. I was, oh, my gosh. You know, choreographing everything. I mean, not on tour. I mean, not this year. But just like planning his tour, oh we can't go on tour because of COVID. But yeah, I told her not to do that. <laughs> I can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I told her don't do that. She keeps she ain't been doing this since college. Talking about she choreographed <laughs> And if you see her dancing or trying to show you how she choreographed his dance. That's the most hilarious thing ever. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've been trying to kill the dream, but she won't let me. <laughs> All right, Morgan. So, just so we get to know you a little bit more, other than the fact that she's a comedian, y'all. Yeah, just heard it, right? Um, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about your happy wow. place? Wow. <laughs> My happy place would be, I would say, just mm. mentally, any time that I feel free, any time that I feel, um, I guess, like there's no um, 
no baggage that's weighing me down mm. mentally. Um, my happy place is also mm. learning how to say no, um, you know, and just, I guess, being, especially this year, just being more stern in certain things that I'm not going to put up with um, and cutting certain bad pieces of yeah. energy away from me. So I would also say part of that is being around people who uplift me, um, talking to people who are very uplifting and motivating, um, like Katie, of course, yeah. my sister, my mom, uh, friends that are in my life. Um, so yeah, I just, I just think being in your happy place is just all about surrounding yourself with the right energy so that you can kind of radiate that same energy. If you know that somebody is um, projecting or um, putting some kind of, I guess, negativity in your life that you would otherwise not put up with, then, you know, the best thing to do is just cut that out and you'll see how much more peaceful you feel. You, you'll feel how much more um, of a weight is off of your shoulders. Yeah, you that's that. good. That's good. So that definitely, that's good. So I already know that you have an answer to this one. How are you self-caring or taking <clears throat> care of yourself during this time? Well, I got okay. my nails done. Went to the salon. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> but no, I um for self care, um, you know, a lot of times physically, sometimes you'll have like your little self care days. I do my own. Um, or even with my while I was with my sister this summer, she would give me facials okay. and stuff like that. She's an esthetician. And um, she is at Skindividual, if you look her up on Instagram. Um, but I would also do stuff like that. Some of the skincare yeah. tips that she's given me has been um, really useful. So I've been using that stuff on my own. And, um, and also, I would say mentally, just um, for me, self-care mentally is kind of like purging um purging any kind of negative thoughts, purging anything out of your space physically that can hinder you. Um, Just cleaning. Like sometimes once you clean your space and reorganize, you feel a whole different energy. You feel a whole different vibe in your own space. And I think it's really important to just have a place where you feel good. Sorry, you feel good. You feel that you can focus a lot better. Um, And also I started to focus a little bit okay. more on eating healthier um yeah during, during the pandemic I had been ordering out food <laughs> here and there when I was in Maryland but once I got back to New York I started back um being a little bit more consistent because I want to be my best self inside and out mentally physically yeah all of that that's good it's good that's good yeah. so what this is going to be my last one what has 2020 taught you? Because it's been a, a year. So <laughs> what has it, it taught has, you? <laughs> it has been a year. Everybody's been saying, oh, you got to throw 2020 mm. away. It's not even over yet. We have old, like three, four mm. months left, you know. Um, but the main things that 2020 has taught me is how resilient I can be, how resilient a lot of yeah. our people can be. Um, how strong a lot of us are Um, you know it taught me that I can it taught me a lot of things that I had been I guess 
procrastinating on that I can just get started. All it takes yeah. is for you to just get started. It also just how um how great a lot of people around me are once they have once they actually put their their effort yeah. into something wholeheartedly. How great they and um and once they they dedicate themselves to certain things, how great they can be. Um, you know, I've seen people start businesses. People are um, people are just pursuing a lot of things that they yeah. have always wanted to do, including myself. Like during the summer, I booked my first yes. under my business, and part of it, yeah, I was so excited about that too. Like it felt kind of surreal yeah because it was almost like in a way yeah I am paying myself so when that when you set the whole thing up through your um I have QuickBooks so like once you set it all up you see it come through your account with your company name on it and that's kind of like the coolest thing ever the whole thing that 2020 has taught me is just how to really um grind even harder that you have been yeah. than you have been grinding um especially given the fact that you have a little bit more time um all of a certain house a lot more just using your time yeah capacity. yeah that's good congratulations that's what i'm talking about businesses making money <laughs> thank you that's good yes yes, yes. if the year's not <laughs> over you know because it is everybody's like throw 2020 away yeah. i'm not throwing nothing away 2020 like, I feel like I've I've not felt like I've had a good year in a long time. Um, and 2020 still doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. feel like a good year. Um, but I've seen a lot of blessings in 2020 that are so unique um, that that weren't <laughs> uh, weren't manifested in any other year before. So it is. 2020 has been a year of growth. It's been a year of blessings. Yes, it's been a year of mm-hmm. just heartbreak and uh, tears at times and frustration at times. But it's been yeah. so many blessings that I just did not anticipate. I did not think. Um, and God is just like blowing minds in 2020 with, you know, people, like you said, starting businesses and yeah going after dreams that like, you know, I show, I'm showing everybody my little artwork y'all because, (laughs) you know, even, you know, just thinking like, okay, that's something I've been wanting to do and I've been wanting to buy something. And, you know, then I'm like, well, I'm about to move and I want to be able to hang things in there that I painted or I did Um, no matter how fancy or not fancy it looks like uh, it looks, but like, that's something I've wanted to do. And it's like, well, why just do it? Yeah. <laughs> um. So it's like it is that yeah, year. It's gonna have value. Yes. It's that year where it's like you realize like life is so fickle. It's so it, it's it's not it's it's not guaranteed. Like we knew that, but it, it's even more evident in twenty twenty. Like literally, we see our loved ones stay and they're and they're gone tomorrow. Um. So it's that understanding that yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we can no longer keep saying, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll put it off. I'll do it next week. Um, because yeah. that's, that's truly not promised. So 2020 has taught a lot of us like to put, 
put our feet to the ground and get running and start moving. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I like that you said that because it's not over. Um, it's not lost. Yes, it's it's been hard, but it's not lost. It's it's still some time for God to move. It's still some time yeah. uh, for businesses to be, um, like more businesses to be developed and uh, ideas to just bloom and blossom. So it, it's so it's so much time left for yeah. that. So I'm glad that you said that. Um, and they revealed a lot about how people, I guess the mentality that people have because just just overall some people when everything's a hard they just have a mentality of oh just throw it away uh i want to yeah. just give it up whatever yeah people like if you're listening to this please like don't don't give up whatever it is i know that things are not always going to be easy at yeah all. at any point in pursuing your goals it's just not going to be easy you're going to have a lot of obstacles and roadblocks but just as um, you know, you've seen with 2020 is one thing yeah. after another, after another, over and over and over. But you're still here. You're still living and breathing, and you're listening to this podcast right here. So if someone is probably hearing this and receiving this message. I'm yeah. hoping that they do receive this message, and I hope yeah. they do run with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that. Like it is. It is absolutely that year where. You know, I think I spoke on it maybe like two, three episodes ago, you know, with Chadwick Boseman and like a lot of us are finding out like I I think most of us knew that is you never know what people are going through. So, you know, no one knows like what I'm going through. I don't know what Morgan's going through. And like I we only know what we allow each other to talk about. Um. And, you know, like I think about it and I'm like, literally on any daily basis, we're going through so much and we don't tell people about a fraction of it. We, we don't. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, we just, we just have to understand that everyone's fighting something. Life is not easy for anyone. I don't care who they are. They, they can make you believe that and money doesn't make it, (laughs) make life easier um, as we're finding out with COVID, like things like COVID, it's like money doesn't protect you from everything. It doesn't secure you from um, whether it may be health issues. Um, it doesn't secure you from bad relationships. It doesn't like there's mm-hmm. so much, so many things that matter that money can't, it cannot buy it. Um, so there's no security in having money. Like everyone's going through something, no matter what yeah. socioeconomic class they come from. Um, everyone's going through something, and you know, at the end of the day, we just got, we just have to walk with a little bit of grace <laughs> for each other, a little, just a little bit, a little yeah. bit of grace for each other, and just understand that we're all going through something, we're all fighting something, and if if we can get to the point where we recognize that and have grace for each other, then we can all come out on the other side in our individual uh, journeys. Um, Yeah. Like, like Morgan said, keep going, keep fighting, um, keep doing what you need to do. Yeah. There is still time. You are, you have not missed a deadline. Um, The deadline only ends like at death. Like that's the only deadline that you have to worry about. All the other things, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, there, there's no deadline actually placed 
on when you have to get married, when you have to be a part of your career, when you have to start your own business, when you have to buy your house, when you have to buy your car, uh, when you have to work at your dream job, when you have to um, start your dream business. Like There are no deadlines for those things. The only (laughs) deadline that's definite um, is death. And at the end of the day, that time that we have between life and death is up to us how we spend it. It's up to us what we're going to do with it and what impact we want to leave. So don't let people tie you into their deadlines. It doesn't exist. Don't tie yourself to deadlines. Like use it to motivate you, but don't use it to beat yourself over over your head. Like it's okay. If you made a deadline that you're going to own that business at 30 and you're 30 and like, I don't even have a job. It's not too late. Just redream. No, it's not. <laughs> as long as you're getting on that, as long yeah. as you're getting on that path and you're doing yes. something. Yes. It's possible. Yes. So yeah, just rewrite the dream, you know? Rewrite some rewrite the path. Maybe that's yeah. what maybe the dream doesn't need to be rewritten, but the path needs to be rewritten. Um but keep going by all means. Definitely. Definitely. So Morgan, <clears throat> it's been a while. So um thank you for that. Thank you for that. Cause you know, um yeah. yeah. <laughs> but thank you for that. Um, you know, and you know, clearly there's gonna be somebody who needs to hear that. And even for myself, it's always good to hear those things. It's always good to like um be empowered. Yeah with hearing those things so thank you for that um yeah yeah sometimes you gotta remind yourself of how great yes yes so morgan can you tell us so this is like one of my you know it's been a while it's been a while um so for anybody who's forgotten who you are or if they're new to the podcast and they're just like they don't know who morgan is can you tell us who morgan stewart is (laughs) Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Yeah, so I am the owner of Branding You LLC. And Branding You is a marketing, consulting, and learning community mm. geared towards um, helping small businesses. And um, in addition to that, I do love to teach. I teach undergrad um, at college. And um, it's mainly for marketing and um, business communications, public relations. And um, I love teaching business to those who have like really fresh minds yeah. and I love getting their their um, their take on certain things. So with some of that, I take some of what's in my college curriculum and I put it into my courses. Um, I haven't formally started any courses yet, but I have done some stuff informally during the summer um, from courses well from a course that I've done with Dress for Success worldwide they focus on helping women to prepare for their careers reinvent themselves all that stuff so during December I did a webinar and I had basically um, explained different points as far as how to rebrand yourself um, especially if you lost your job or if you um, you know, been laid off, all that stuff, or if you probably just are looking to advance your career, um, all the things that you can be doing, all the resources that are out there. So, you know, I, I put all that type of stuff into one, um, 
I guess, one course so that they can absorb all that stuff and be able to use that later on. Um, And then aside from that, I did do one brief webinar. Um, One of my friends had asked me to do it for her, um, her group of other, I guess, other um, fellow entrepreneurs who are starting their own businesses and just teaching them about brand awareness and stuff like that. So there are times where I do kind of branch off into different types of marketing, whether it is for entrepreneurs, um, small businesses, or those who are just individuals who want to brand themselves a certain way. So it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a brand or an entrepreneur who wants to branch into a series of brands, I'm that person to help you do that. If you want to check me out, you can find me online at my website at thebrandingyou.com. That is T-H-E-B-R-A-N-D-I-N-G, the letter U.com. And you can email me at brandingyou.llc at gmail.com. So you can come to me with any concerns you have, um, any suggestions that you want to have on or want to make on any upcoming courses that you want to see, all of that stuff. So throughout probably, I want to say the end of October, um, November, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to put some promos out for some more webinars and stuff just so everyone will know what's going on. And you can also find me on Instagram at branding the branding you awesome awesome so we're gonna make sure that we get all like all like the instagram instagram uh and the website all of that so we're gonna make sure that we get all those things from morgan so you guys can kind of grab them from uh the show notes so because we absolutely want you to connect with morgan and uh get more information about you know maybe you you've started a business maybe you're thinking about starting a business um, but you want to know how to market and how to really brand your business in an effective way. So we're going to make sure that you have that information so you can get in contact with her. Um, so Morgan, I think I mentioned it to you earlier that the conversation that I wanted to have, um, it's, it's so much, um, but we're going to, I think we're going to entitle this episode, uh, political realness um so we're gonna talk about a little bit about the brianna taylor um (laughs) uh the the verdict uh that was brought forth we're going to talk a little bit about this article um time.com did an article that talks about how the u.s got its police force we're going to talk a little bit about 45 and his um, announcing that he has uh, COVID-19 along with his wife and um, a growing number of um, of people who have been in contact with him or have been a part of uh, events. We're going to talk a little bit um, about Amy... Amy, what is her name? Connie Barrett, 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 uh, and uh, the insistence to get her into uh, the Supreme Court in order to fill RBG's um, uh, seat that's now vacant. So we're going to just talk a little bit about each of those things. You know, I get... (laughs) 
there's so much to say, but I guess maybe we should start with the time.com article just about like um, pretty much the inception of uh, policing. So um, I guess from what the article is saying, it talks about policing uh, being um, like night watches or volunteers. Um, But it also like almost like insinuates that it came from like a corrupt place anyway. Mm-hmm. of like citizen kind of like <laughs> um, finding ways to how do I say it? finding or, or finding ways to keep what they were doing um, undercover um, so it, and it also goes and talks about um, uh, I guess in Boston I think it was um, used for oh like the system that was created, it wasn't called policing, um, but it was to watch the imports that were coming in. So making sure that those things were secure. It talks about um, policing as it pertains to um, those who would go out and drink at clubs versus drinking at, or pubs versus drinking at home. So they were frowned upon um, it talks about <laughs> um, slavery and, you know, the use of it to, you know, as as it pertains to, like, uh, runaway slaves. So the whole inception mm-hmm. of it, <laughs> um, I don't know. What did you get from this article? Like, I, if I'm completely honest, I'm still trying to um, put into... <laughs> words <laughs> I think the irony here is real because the fact that just that the thing that really stood out to me the most was the fact that it was something that the the origin of it was originally um, to be kind of like a night watch or um, I saw in the article too that it said that there were certain ones that didn't want to be right. identified so they didn't have um, badges. They didn't want to be identified as those who, I guess, I guess the way I took it, they didn't want to be identified as a snitch, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But I think that that type of mentality has kind of spilled over into today because there are some people in the police force who basically are not doing what they're supposed mm-hmm. to do or do- doing, I guess, unethical things to other people doing unethical things in their positions, period, to where their, their uh, I guess you could say their quote-unquote brothers would turn a blind eye to yeah. it. So just like back then, you know, back in the origin of it, when they figured that, okay, people are, they're, they're just on night watch while they're doing whatever or doing things that are inappropriate or doing what they're doing things they're not supposed to be doing. Right. It's, it's almost very simple. And then also the fact that, especially now, these days, um, with Breonna Taylor, um, George Floyd, like every case that comes up, there is someone who is lying. There's someone from, there's someone who's lying about what really happened. There's someone who's not telling the full story. There's someone who's painting the victim out to be someone who was probably a monster, right? You know, or or someone who have been reaching or shouldn't have been doing this or shouldn't have been doing that 
this is it's it's almost like history repeating itself and then aside from that you have the fact that I don't know if this was in this article in particular but I do know that part of part of the origin does come from slavery whereas they I think originally wanted to I don't think it was called policing at the time but it's almost in a way of um just making sure slaves or slave mm-hmm. catchers yeah um, and that kind of spills over to the modern times because of the fact that you have officers you have people who feel that they are above the law to where they overdo their job they racially profile they find an excuse to pull a black person over um, just so that they can find quote-unquote find something in their car there have been officers who've planted evidence and have been caught on camera doing this stuff they they would do stuff like this so that they can put them in jail they have quotas to meet so i don't know if it's just you know i don't know the 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 inside workings of the quotas and stuff that they have to meet but it's an awful lot of people who were black people minorities people of color who I guess somehow fit the description that they feel that they're trying to um, fill. There have been numerous people that have been pulled over for almost no reason and all it takes is for them to react the wrong wrong way reach for something you know, for them to either put them in handcuffs or yeah. kill them. And there have been numerous times where, I, you know, me living in Delaware, I've been pulled over numerous times, not given a ticket. Just pulled over because I look suspicious for making mm. a U-turn. Pulled over for for, for the dumbest thing, for mainly for <laughs> making U-turns. I've, I've been pulled over a few times for making legal yeah. U-turns. <laughs> So, you can't be lost, girl. Um, <laughs> I've had, <laughs> and I always got lost in Delaware. Yeah. I didn't know my way down there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, and, I've, and now, especially this year, um, I've had friends tell me that they've had gun, like numerous friends, male friends who have said, hey, yeah, I have had a gun pulled mm-hmm. on me at least once or multiple guns pulled on me. And these are things that I didn't even know. Like, it's not a surprise, but it's kind of sad that they kind of felt like it's almost yeah. like the norm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's yeah. like, you know, I think when we think about the inception of the police force, the inception of the police force um as it pertains to black people were, like you said, in the context of catching runaway slaves, um, enforcing segregation laws and rules. It was really more about those things, not so much protecting the black community, but protecting mm-hmm. the white community or from the black community in whatever, for whatever crazy reason that was made up other than the fact of like black skin. Um, because it really was, oh, slaves catch the slaves running away. Oh, then it became segregation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, make sure that this black person is where they need to be, their back doors, they are colored sections only, that they're doing those things. Yeah. So it was made to 
punish not us. Mention, not to mention, it was made to punish yeah. us for whenever we felt like we deserved more than what we were given. Like, yeah. it, it was never about yeah. protecting us, it was about punishing us, whereas protecting the white community, but simply for one yes. treatment. So, you know, even as the article talks about like, the politicalness of it, which um, I guess there was an attempt to separate the police from that p- political ties, because you know it talked about um, political parties like um, running like taverns and gangs and different things like that, intimidating voters, mm-hmm. and the police, you know, was were there depending on what they were affiliated with. It seems like um, so depending on what party they were affiliated with, they might enforce the law. Um, and at any moment, I think it's really sad how how parallel, huh? Like everything is so parallel. Like I think it's so sad how a lot of things in the past are parallel to yeah. today. So whether it comes from you know the ages where our ancestors were yeah. slaves, down to the ages where segregation and Jim Crow laws were out, right? And even now, like it's the same thing over and over, but it's a different almost like a different platform yes, yes like yes it's in a way like just like you were saying how we were punished for wanting equal treatment right you know how they had the color separated from the white we're still being punished because we want equal treatment notice right. how every time we mention black lives matter oh but all lives matter so you're basically condemning us for wanting equal right treatment. right and Right. I saw a meme actually today that said, "Notice how all lives matter is never trending until Black Lives Matter is." Exactly, and so it's almost in a way of saying, "Why should you expect equal treatment? Why do you, you know?" They still don't understand. They know, but they want to act ignorant to it. They choose to turn a blind eye to yeah. And 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 the policing thing, it's even more sad because racism is something that's so embedded. To where even if there were um, harsher laws against racism, even if the president were to actually denounce racism like he should have, um, it's still embedded so deep within our laws. You have the 13th Amendment that still allows slavery. Mm -hmm. They say that it's abolished, but it's still allowed because if you are punished for crime, then it's still it's still um, basically le- legal to make your pr- prisoners work for what a, yeah. a dime Minimum, a day yeah. or whatever. For, for yeah, free. yeah. Racism racism is embedded in our laws, our legal system. It's embedded in corporate America, in politics, right? You know, in our homes. These are people who who originally we're we're following a constitution that. The people, the same people who brought us from one country and basically kidnapped us and brought us here are the same people who created the laws that we're living under. Right. And no one sees a problem with that. Right. Like, we always have, like, I think the problem is no one sees that when it comes to Black rights or, um, because we can't say all lives matter. And, and like, really what you're trying to say is you're trying to combat my Black Lives Matter with White Lives Matter, um, which no one disputes yeah. because we all know that's true. Um, but 
you're not combating all lives matter because then if all lives matter, then we wouldn't need a constitution rewrite for um, black people to not be considered property, but to be considered human beings. We wouldn't need a, a, a rewrite of the constitution this, or amendments to say, oh, black people can vote and it's illegal to suppress their votes. Uh, we would need an amendment to the constitution to say, oh, well, women are their own p- person. They're their own people. They can make their own rights. Like they don't need yeah. a man to make the right for them. We wouldn't need amendments to say, well, oh, because you're gay, you don't deserve to live. You don't deserve to have, um, to not be threatened, to not have violence um, against you. Like, if all lives truly mattered, we wouldn't need amendments. (laughs) Yeah, we would not need that. But we do. (laughs) But you have people who are so evil and so ignorant. And it's so sad that it's something that's so trivial. Like, you hate a person because of something that they have or, or people that they happen to love or their skin color right. or whatever, whatever they identify as, you hate them because of something that completely has nothing to do with you that, that isn't hindering you from your life at all. Even if you are a person who is white, who hates black people, what is it yeah. doing? You know, well, what is it that taking you away your jobs? Like, like- Really, like, yeah. I don't think people really assess that. What do you hate? What has, like, when you look back and on your history, when you look back on over your life, like, even for the country itself, why do you hate black people? Like, why did 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 black people beat your wives? Did black thought. people kill your kids? Did black people make them? Um, work for nothing? Did Black people uh, hang your family? Did Black people um, rape your wives and your children? Did mm-hmm. and, and even sometimes your, your males? Did, did, did Black people do that? Like, what is like, what is the stemming of your hate? <laughs> because it, it, it's and, and, I, and I think like I often have conversation with people and I'm like, it is, it is so demonic. <laughs> Like, there's no other word for me to put other than demonic mm-hmm. um, because it's just like you you literally hate someone because of their color, not because of anything that they've done to you. And you resent them. And they can't even explain. Yeah, you like. They can't even explain why they hate. It's because it's been taught to them. It's something that they've been taught from, from childhood. Right. These are people that you do not like. These are people who are criminals. These are people who are ghetto. Right. These are people who do this and do that. Right. Right. But, you know, it doesn't. Like, but how's that affecting it, you? It's something that is still unexplainable. It's still something that's so unexplainable. Yeah. To this it's day. like how is that affecting but you? But it's so deeply rooted. Like your white communities are still safe, whereas drugs yeah. and violence are rampant in our community. You know, often people combat mm-hmm. uh, police brutality with, well, y'all killing each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why we don't need the police to kill us too. too. You're right. We really want, we really want, um, for us to stop killing each other as well. Yep, we do. But we really stop doing that. They have to stop (laughs) combating that with black people. Okay, well, Hispanic people killing each other. White people are killing killing each other. If you are in the same environment with like rate or people of the same race something is going to, some kind of crime is going to happen against that 
that same right. So you can't use it as an But they didn't take an oath to protect that's totally me. Invalid. That's what I have a problem with. Like, as a citizen, yeah. I didn't take an oath yeah. to protect my fellow citizen. Like, I didn't take an oath to, to protect your life, your liberty, your freedom. That's not what I took an oath for. So as a human being, of course... I want everybody to think that way and to care about, we, we should, we should care about each other. But a police officer takes that oath. It, they didn't take an oath to say, well, I'm only going to protect white people. I don't think mm-hmm. it might be implied for some, some of, of them. Some of them do though. But sadly, some <laughs> of them do because some of them are already supremacists. Some of them are already in the KKK, but they're undercover. These people have like, these people have infiltrated what have probably already been the the foundation of the legal system and it's no surprise like these are people who are police officers judges presidents right you know no no lies no lies lies. and you know (laughs) even as we're talking like it just like brings to mind like you know the brianna taylor uh verdict i believe her family um i meant to look up the exact figure was like 1.2 million. I thought it was, oh, was 12. It, 12? Million. it was 12 million. I thought and not. as far as like uh in their civil suit. And I remember seeing something, gosh, I wish I'd saved it. It was a, a white lady that they had. Um I saw it uh floating on on uh Instagram. And they were analyzing like the treatment of this white lady who was shot by a black police officer. Um I guess hmm. she was approaching his car or something like that. He ends up shooting her and kills her. Um, so for her case, she got somewhere upwards, I believe, of 20 million. Her family, her family got wow. upwards of 20 million. That police officer was thrown in jail. Um, wow. And I remember seeing that and I'm like, <laughs> but here we are, like, for this Black woman who was an EMT like I didn't even hear that's funny I didn't even hear about that story yeah like it kept... I'm surprised I'm not I'm not even surprised that it wasn't as publicized as it should have been but wow. yeah it was just like but here's what it is like people often like be like well white people get killed yes like police brutality happens to every race it does because th- honestly there are some cops yeah. who just have a disregard for human life in general um, they have a a enormous dist- distaste for black people. Um, they have a little bit more respect for white people, but they can care less about them as well because they have a disdain for just people in general. They exist. We know that. We know that there are mm-hmm. white um, people that are being shot for no reason, that are being killed uh, for no reason. That are, We know that happens. Um, I think what we have an issue with is the... Uh, the, this disproportionate number of it's almost like guaranteed a little bit that a black person's encounter with the police officer means that they might not walk away um yeah and 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 that's what we have a problem with is is almost that that definite of that you know that male or female yeah. won't walk away um and and the difference too here is that white people don't hey if you get pulled over make sure you yeah, don't do how that. to act make sure you don't do that um you yes. know 
Make sure you don't get smart with them. Make sure you don't have an attitude. Stay calm. Don't reach for anything too fast. There are cases where, I mean, I've seen videos online where uh, a white person would step to a white cop, try to fight them and all that stuff, run away, run towards them, try to fight them again. Like, it'll be a back and forth thing and they will walk away alive. Probably just tase. Walk away. And that's it. Yeah. And yeah, you, and, even and, if you felt like somebody was a threat, you couldn't just tase them just to to kind of like just keep them still. If you that, that's right. what you need to do, you don't have to put like multiple bullets in them. Like they're right. acting like they're killing like the a, a Loch Ness monster or something like that by the way they they put in bullets in people. They're not. Yeah, just shooting. Okay, let me try to shoot for their legs or something like that right once or it, it, it's all very ridiculous it really is it is it is and some it is also it... have mental issues too i think that I, I mean they they go through an academy but i do think that there needs to be some kind of psychology course there has to be some kind of um course that that uh, a more upgraded course to de-escalate certain situations because from this, it sounds like they don't know how to do that. Even with the black officer who might have been afraid, didn't know who the white woman was when she walked up on him and he shot her. Shot her. There yeah. has to be some kind of way to, you know, to better de-escalate some of this stuff. And exactly, you know, there are some of them who probably have been through certain things. Police officers, you know, granted they they do put their lives on the line, so I'm not discrediting that at all. Yes. So I think that with that, they probably have seen things that that you know typical civilians don't see every day, every day, which probably gives them a sense of PTSD, and some of that stuff right. makes them react a certain kind of way. Right, right. But I agree. I, that there, I mean, there has to be some kind of way to not only help them psychologically, but to coach them through things. If if they know that they're going, if, if their peers know that they're going through something based off of what could have been a traumatic experience. Right. You're right. You're right. Because I, I believe they do go through uh, some kind of um, uh, like check, mental check uh, to make sure that they're mentally capable. Um, but I agree with you. I think there needs to definitely be a reassessment of it, maybe after a few years. Yeah. I think um, there's a certain level of reassessment that happens after shootings or, you know, different things like that, but there actually really need to be like a more thorough reassessment um, over the years because they are, they are seeing a lot of death, crime, drugs. Mm -hmm. Um, They're seeing a lot of those things and there is a possibility for them to be desensitized um, depending on what communities that they're policing. There is that possibility for them to, to um, be in those places where it is just like there are bad white people, there are bad uh, Hispanic people, there are bad black people, there are bad in, like Indian Chinese. But if you're only placed in a community where you're constantly having run-ins with those people, you become desensitized to the fact that that is not a whole of a community. That is th- this person, they've chosen a particular lifestyle they've decided to do whatever they decided to do. And it's like, it's not a, it's not a cultural thing. It's not everyone in this culture. It's this person's decision. Um, Because I think 
that's what's also happened is um, we've been so generalized and we've been generalized by the media. We've been generalized by police officers. We've been generalized by um, employers. We, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I feel like, you know, just everywhere in the stores, mm-hmm. we're so generalized. Like, you know, I can walk into like Walgreens does this all the time. And I finally, like, I'm like, every time I walk in and I might go to like the makeup aisle or something, I might go down, let's say aisle one. Um, a second later, I'll hear assist- customer assistance needed in aisle one. Yeah. And I'll look around in aisle one. <laughs> yeah, I'll look around in aisle one and I'm like, customer I'll look and I'll see, in oh, I'm in department. <laughs> Right. And then you move to another and- department customer assistance needed in a snacks department what (laughs) exactly and like that's what happens and I'm like okay and I'm looking and I look because I'm like well who needs assistance (laughs) um and it took me a while to realize like oh that's a sneaky way of saying that they need to watch me and I'm like and I've been in Walgreens where they're so busy watching me that then they're then watching like I think one time it was like two white guys, they ran out with all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not stealing. I haven't thought about st- Like if I'm going to go look, it's because I'm going to purchase yeah. something. Exactly. And oftentimes you can who see. These people are walking into their establishments. Like <laughs> there, there was one even um, where a, I think she was a district attorney. You might've seen this video. She got pulled over by police and it was clearly, she was clearly being profiled. He didn't know who she was. So when he um, pulled her over, he asked her for her ID. She gave it to him and she basically kind of questioned him, what's your badge number, all that stuff. And once he looked at her um, her ID, he realized who she was. And um, he basically let her go in like <laughs> five seconds. He said, well, you didn't realize your tent is a little dark. Yeah. So? And she took his card. Who knows? I want to I know what happened after that. But it was really yeah, interesting because, because it doesn't matter who you that's are. That's profiling. It doesn't matter who you are. <laughs> you end up getting profiled. Yeah. That's, that's profiling because it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, and that's why, too, like, I really wanted tinted windows. And I'm like, it'll also help because, like, the sun tears on my eyes really bad in my skin. Mm-hmm. Um, as chocolate as I am, like... <laughs> For whatever reason, I break out really bad mm-hmm. from too much sun exposure. Um, so, but I'm just like, no, like I, I don't want to put myself through that because if I get tinted windows, then I'm gonna be stopped all the time. Yeah, and I don't want to be stopped all the time because right now it's associated, especially being a black. Oh, we can't see. Oh, you're hiding something. You're up to something. No, I'm just driving. But the like, part is they're still going to pull black folks over with tent, especially if they see you get in the car and all that stuff. Or if a psychologist's yeah. description, they, they yeah. do that. Yeah, so, you know, it's just it's just a lot because, you know, like, as I, like, the verdict came back on Breonna Taylor uh, and the grand jury just indicted the police officer for shooting the wall. Like, not even Basically shooting other people in her. danger. Not even her, yeah. But shooting the wall into her white neighbor's uh, apartment. It's like, what? Like, you're indicting him for shooting the wall that could have hit her white neighbors, but you're not indicting them 
for shooting the black girl who was actually killed, who was actually murdered. What? Family got paid for a wrongful death, and no one is being punished for it. Yeah, but it's like that, that's that's the thing that kind of blows my mind too. Like, I would much rather you have not convicted anyone. Yeah. Like, that to me is like a slap. It is. A slap in the face. And and, and, it, and it just became an affirmation of like, wow, your life really doesn't matter. A wall is more valuable than you. Or the wall that, be- that, that, is, that the white person's wall is even more valued than you. That know, property like, is more valued than your life. I really want to know because what is going on through the jury's mind what's going on through the judge's mind when they actually make decisions like this because it it really honestly is a slap in the face and it's almost like them saying well you guys thought you had justice but he's not going to jail it's going to be the same thing again you guys know what's going to happen it it feels like they're saying this to us without verbally saying it you guys know what's going to happen already we're not going to prosecute him Right, right. But I think the amazing thing now is that one of um, one of the jurors, um, they actually, I, I believe they filed a motion with the judge asking the judge to release the recordings. So I think what's what's going on now is that the problem do- doesn't necessarily lie with the decision that was made. From what the what the jurors kind of like insinuating is that there was a problem with um, the case that was presented um, because we don't know what was presented. But based on like this juror asking, which I believe it was granted, I don't know that anything's been released yet. Yeah. But I heard there was that there was some footage that was released, but there was no transcript. That's right. the that I heard. So, so yeah, so they're like that's really what it is. It's I think it's there's a problem because what is his name? Uh the district attorney there. Um oh, gosh, I now I for, I've I forgot his, his name. name. Um I know you're talking but, about. <laughs> but yeah, um I think the issue was the case that he presented. He didn't present the case for her life. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's what the problem was. And and like to me, I thought I like I'm waiting to see what 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 he presented the case on, but I can almost guess that's what it was. He didn't present a case that we're we're also thinking that, oh, he presented this case about her life and how her life was taken and all they cared about was the wall. They're like yeah. the only thing we can convict her on. I'll convict uh, this officer Brett on is the shots that were fired in the wall. But it almost seems like there's a possibility that the ADA there didn't even present a case for her life. Um, he presented exactly what, <laughs> what the jury found this cop guilty on, which was shots were fired into the walls that could have endangered her neighbors. <laughs> that that's the most heartbreaking thing. It really so, is because even it doesn't matter that even if you are a black man or what, that's someone's daughter, that's someone's um 
sister, niece, etc. And just for something so unfair to happen to someone, she didn't even have a chance. She was someone who was already a hero out there. She was fighting or helping people to fight against the whole COVID-19 battle. She's going out here doing what she needs to do. She was an inspiring nurse as far as I heard. And for someone's life to just be cut short like that, it's it's beyond heartbreaking. Right. But for someone to look right. for a jury, for um, for a district attorney, for the judge to not have any bit of sympathy, sympathy at all, it's it's heartless. It really is. Right. Right. And and I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, I think I think it brings into like question also um that attorney (laughs) i'm gonna find his name and it's gonna come back to me because i i definitely want to say who his name is um but the ada there is a black man um and throughout this whole thing he has been quite silent um he doesn't seem to share um the hurt that the black community oh, has been Cameron. feeling. What is it? Daniel Cameron. Yep. Yep. So he doesn't see, I believe the day while protests were going on, he was engaged, getting engaged to his, uh, uh, his white fiance. Um, I think from looking, looking up things on him and just reading up, he is part of, he is those, that token, black member a part of that uh uh-huh. proud boys club i think is what it is that good old boy oh, that proud boy, proud boy club that trump uh referred to um mm. i i do think that he because he's all he's republican um and there's a certain detachment which is weird to me um that somehow these black men and female or Hispanic men and female feel about saying that the Republicans are about saying that they're with Trump or um, standing up with um, the crowd who is against protesters. Um, I don't get what it is that they feel because outside of your, actually no one can see your Republican skin. No one can see your, um, you, you might stand with them and you're just, you're, they're only proud of you because you're their token to say, oh, we're not racist. We yeah. let him stand here. We let her exactly. stand here. We let, we let this person be a part of it. You're the token. After they've killed every other person outside of the token you, then they're going to come for you because you still don't mm-hmm. match. You still don't fit into their society. And I'm like, and I think and that's I my problem. Realize that I'm there. like, like there are people that, that are so naive like this in groups like this and and even in a workplace who aren't really aware of stuff like this. They don't see what's right in front of their face. Trump has done it exactly. and he's done it right in front of our faces too. He's he's had a um oh I forgot what it was. I think it was something in reference to housing. There was a point where he had a whole group of black people or black leaders in his office sitting there. It, it just looked like a oh. It looked like it was a photo. Yeah, he did that for housing, and I think he also did it for HBCUs. Um, <laughs> There's no like, way he would uh, he would be federal associating money. 
he wouldn't be associating with any of them otherwise. Right, 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 right. And and I, and I think my problem with uh, Attorney General Daniel Cameron is that um, this is going to come back to bite him in the butt. Um, because this right that he should have been fighting for he's not even like like homie you're not even light skinned you can't pass (laughs) like you black (laughs) so when you leave uh, when you leave uh, Kentucky when you leave it when you leave there and I'm pretty sure all the cops there don't know who you are so I know he's been pulled over I know he's been profiled I know he's felt that aggravation I know it. Yeah. I don't care what he says. I know what he, he knows what that feels like. But burying that and pretending like it didn't happen, I have a problem with yeah. that. Like, do you plan on having kids with oh, your white wife? Because your kids, kids are still going to be black. if he has kids. <laughs> because he's going to have, yeah, like, he's going to be very naive if he doesn't <laughs> feel compelled to have that conversation with his child, child or children. He's gonna have black children, right? If he chooses to, yeah, they're half of you, and they're, they're gonna still get profiled. Gonna be black. I hate to say it, but they're at some point. All of us have been profiled. They are gonna get profiled too, right? So right, and like it's like that he's probably in a higher place. He's not, and that position doesn't last forever. Like as soon as they get tired of your token butt, you're not there no. anymore. And then what are you going to do? Then you become just like every regular citizen. And like, I think that's, that's like part of my problem with um, black and brown people in high positions forgetting where they came from, because it's like, you're in that position to make a difference, make it a difference so that when you leave that position, God forbid, anything happens to you in that position that you can know that if you became a regular citizen again, you can reap the benefits of those laws that you put in yeah. place. Like, you know that you fought for equal justice and rights, you know, to the best of your ability. So that when you become a regular citizen, if you fought for profiling to be illegal, then you know when you become a regular citizen that maybe you'll get profiled less. Profiling is less of a problem, you know. But to act like these things aren't happening just because you're in mm-hmm. a place right now, like I have a problem yeah. with that. It's and a it's a fantasy. World I so have a problem. I have a problem with it too because it's a fantasy world that they're living in. And yeah. I mean, I, I it's sad that I mean, I think it's just sad that a lot of us are seeing what they're not, and they I don't know if they're just blind to what's going on or just i really don't know because they've come i'm pretty sure that they've come from some kind of begin humble beginnings and even if they were on a privilege right. end, there was still there was probably still some form of discrimination or still some form of injustice that you had to deal with so why are you acting like exactly. you are above this stuff now no one is going to ever be exactly. above any of this stuff no matter how many suits you wear how many degrees you have right right because you can't see those things and you know, I think, and it'll always be, as people talk about, oh, blue lives matter. Blue is not a race. And, and like, <laughs> and that's what it is. Like, that will always be, like, one of my favorite, like, you know, when I see those signs, it's like, I am Black 365 days a year, 
24 hours a day, seven days a week, like <laughs> 60 seconds a minute. Like, <laughs> I, How do you equate? There blue? is not a moment in time <laughs> that I am not black, but there is a moment in time when you are not wearing a blue yeah. uniform. How do you equate? Like, how do you equate that with race at all? And once again, it's another way of shutting us up. Okay, well, we all believe that all lives matter. Okay, in other words, you're saying that what we're saying is just irrelevant. Right. Are you right? And there's some awesome police officers. Yeah, there's some awesome police officers out there. Yeah, but they're not in enough of them police officers of color who are willing to stand up and I and and I think that's also part of it too is like because I know they feel it yeah they do once it like I think black and blue I don't know if you I think that's black and blue um that in that movie it's like literally um I forgot her name but the officer she you know comes upon corruption and it's oh, corruption yeah. between the police officers. I hadn't seen it. But I right. And then, right. So then she's in the toughest part of the Black community where she grew up, but she's no longer a part of that because they're like, oh, you're blue now. You're blue mm-hmm. now. And then the police officers are like, you, like the Black police officer kind of says to her, like, you're blue now. You're not Black. You're blue now. And it's like, no, I'm both. Like, you know, she like, I guess, you know, as the movie goes on, her her thing is for both is I'm both. Yeah. Um, I am both black and I'm both a police officer. But, you know, in the beginning, the police officer, she's running in her own neighborhood. The police officer stops her and roughs her up. Um because he thought she was just a regular black person until he realized she was a cop. And she's like, the whole time, like, check her badge. She's a cop. And when he finds out she's a cop, he kind of leaves her alone. But it's just that notion that even for a black police officer, you can't say blue lives matter because outside of their, when they're out of their blue uniforms, they're black and they get profiled just (laughs) like the regular black folk. Yeah. And you know what? Just Until that phrase somebody that you find out that phrase that you mentioned, "You're blue now." I think that's probably where some of these <laughs> black folks get that that I guess that notion where they feel like they're higher than. There are people that are probably yeah. telling them that, "Well, you're not this now. You're not from that environment anymore. You need to start leveling up. You need to start doing this, or you need to start acting yeah. like you're here now. You've arrived. All that stuff." There, I mean, it's not just them having that mentality. It's also people in that that are in their ear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It, it's just, it's, it's such a vast thing. But I'm like, I have such an issue with this whole Breonna Taylor verdict um, yeah. because it just spoke volumes to the devaluing of Black lives. Like it, it was just such a shot in the gut yeah. <laughs> about just and also, like you're less like, than a wall I value less than a wall your life is less important than a wall um, that part too, is really even, what that verdict said even if they wanted to be political about it they could have said okay I'm going to put this um, cop in prison for such and such amount of time like I don't know, even even if they would have put him in prison for a certain amount of time, that still probably wouldn't have been enough to bring her back. 
that it, nothing I feel like no. nothing is going to equate to to any of that stuff but something better than it's not. better than them charging it's not bring him, her back. better than him, them charging him with the the most minimal minimal charge I don't even think that's a felony wanting endangerment yeah I, I think <laughs> that sounds like I reckless the driving thing is... or something like that or like if you accidentally like throw a rock at somebody it hits another person wanting endangerment it's really yeah. ridiculous like I think hopefully people will get it I think with Black Lives Matter and with what's going on and with the whole Breonna Taylor um, case and movement, nothing is going to bring her back. But what the Black community has been searching for, continue to search for with Breonna, Ahmed, um, uh, George, Elijah, um, uh, Sandra, <laughs> like what we've been searching for is just affirmation that we are valued and matter. Yeah. And we matter. And I think that's really what it is. It's like during this case, it's like, you know, you matter. We're going to hold these police officers accountable because clearly there was somewhere, there was some misintention on someone's part thinking that, you know, this girl was into something that she wasn't. And there have been countless um, things coming out of police officers trying to bribe or get people to say like she was doing this or she was doing that, and but that's still, why she she died. That that and, and that, it's like at the end of the day, none of that warrants her to die. There are there exactly way people who have shot up movie theaters, shot up schools, killed children, killed innocent, and people, they walked away with bulletproof vests on. <laughs> what they they took one of them, they took on. one of them to Wendy's or something <laughs> like that, and this girl was in her yeah. bed and she had to die vest. based off of what you thought about her. Right. The recent shooter, I forgot what his name is. They threw him water, you know, thanking him for his, you know, for showing up armed. The police did. And not like minutes later, I think whether it was minutes later or minutes. No, actually, it was after. Um, and after he shot up people at the, at the protests, he got water and salutes for being there and, you know, uh, helping out and <sighs> It's like, wow, like, if that was a black person showing up with guns, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're not thanking them. You feel threatened by them, you know, <laughs> and, and I think that's, I think really the threat, this threat comes, this feeling of threat comes from America's history. America's always that. on guard that the black, the black folks are going to snap and they're going to do something. They're on guard. And that's what that threat comes from. It's not a real threat. It's a threat of understanding that, wow, we were terrible to that, this race of people. And we continue to do things to this race of people. If they get empowered enough, we have a problem. Whereas this race of people is just trying to be like, let's get together. Let's all kumbaya. Yeah. <laughs> like really literally. But the fact that they're recognizing that, the like, fact that they're recognizing I just want to break. They like... know that there's a problem. They know that there's a problem because they're, yeah. just, just the fact that they feel threatened, they already are recognizing that they are the problem. Because if they weren't 
recognizing any of this stuff, they wouldn't feel that there was a threat. The only way you, the only reason you feel that there's a threat is because you know you've done something or your ancestors have done something so terrible to where eventually something's right. going to happen. And also, right, right. Also, and you don't want these people, what well, not these people, but our people, you don't want our people to be in positions where we can prosper, where we can help our people. Because right. our people are very intelligent. Our people are very talented. And we've right. invented things. Right. We've created concepts, fashion, all of that stuff. Um, culture, right. languages, right. things that have been taken away from us. So there, right. there, there are several reasons. Not, not just the fact that they've done so many things to us. It is the fact that we have so much to offer that has yeah. been taken and that yeah. can be taken away from us. That's the reason why they're so threatened. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think it's amazing, like, consistently seeing posts like, you know, oh, they're, you're just so violent. Why can't you be peaceful like Martin Luther King? Y'all killed him. <laughs> like, he was peaceful, but y'all killed him. Y'all jailed him. Y'all beat him. Like, yeah. you know, what is your point? <laughs> you know what I mean? What is your point exactly? You know, you look at certain things that historically it's like black and black crime is a is really a big thing because that was something that was infiltrated in our community. Like when, you know, like with the civil rights movement and different things like that, black people were infiltrated by like black communities were infiltrated by other black people, by the government <laughs> to spy mm-hmm. and to kill each other, to insinuate that the violence of the black person like drugs in our community drugs was pumped into our Mm -hmm. communities given to black people to pump in our communities so that we can say oh they're infested with drugs like and then look at how they took look at how they treat black people who are on (laughs) drugs versus how they treat those who are in suburban neighborhoods oh those who are in suburban neighborhoods oh it's different we have oh it's different victim and we have to pray for them. Whereas, you know, there are people who are on the street that are homeless that that have serious mental issues due to whatever traumatic experiences that led them to doing drugs or alcohol or abusing whatever it is that they're abusing. And people aren't really recognizing that. They're just seeing it as, oh, that's just how it is with them. Those, those people and this and that were looked at as menaces yeah. whenever we do the exact same yeah. thing that they do. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's 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 crazy. Like it's 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 such a crazy system, and it's like you know, there's black on black crime. It's like black and black crime. Crime is a thing because white people of power empowered other black people in a negative way to push drugs into our into our communities to kill each other um, for their political gains to like that stuff was insinuated, mm-hmm. <laughs> was pushed into our community. So what what is what is your um what is your argument? Yeah. <laughs> what is your argument like and 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 how does that threaten you? It threatens us in our community, but how does that threaten you? Um and I think that's often why we have such a hard time like really banding together um because there's such a distrust um 
within our communities, like we don't stick together the way that we should. We don't look out for each other the way that we should. We are crabs in a barrel. We, you know, I think we're doing better. I thank God we're doing much better with banding together. Um, but the thought process has always been, I got to get to the top. Not we got to get to the top. I got to yeah. get to the top and forget you when I get to the top. And I got to keep you out because then I got to compete with you um, for the top because only one of us can be at the top. Um, because oftentimes that's what it is in the law firm. It might be uh, one black <laughs> senior partner. Um, so if there's two of you, oh, now you got to fight for that yeah. one spot um, because both of y'all can't have it. Then it might be whether it's in, you know, the medical field, whether it's in um, in a in a corporate in corporate mm -hmm. America. It, it's that understanding that. Uh, what is it? Affirmative action. So we have to have one of you. We don't have to have all of you, but we just yeah. gotta have one of you to say that we are, we are, um, we are desegregated. We are, um, we give everyone an opportunity. We just have to have and one I think of you. That's where that mentality so, comes from because there are so little spots for us to where it it turns a lot of our people against each other and makes us feel like, oh, this person yeah. is a threat. Well. No, that other person doesn't have to be a threat. You can actually, even if they were to get a position above you, you can learn from them. You know, but people take right. people take rejection differently in different realms. Some people either take it and run with it, learn with it, and run with it, or some people become bitter and feel okay. like, oh, this person is my nemesis. I have to defeat them and this and that. And they make it personal. They make it a personal thing. And I think that that's one piece of yeah. um, that me mentality that people have to break. Stop making rejection personal. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Um, and I hope you'll be tuning in to part two on next week. And then, like I said, there'll probably be a part three because Morgan and I are looking to get together and to do a live recording um, around November 1st or 2nd. Um, so please, if you are not following me, please go ahead and follow me at Kadeen Hillary on social media, all social media platforms, uh, Facebook and Instagram, and you can follow the podcast page at Faith in It with K on Instagram and Facebook as well, um, or at K Success on Twitter. I'll make sure this information is in the show notes as well as Morgan uh, Morgan's uh, website and her handle. Um, that'll all be in the show notes. So please make sure that you're following us so you can get more information about that live uh, recording. And also, I just want to uh, leave a scripture here as well, um, which is 1 Corinthians 13, 6, and let's do 6 and 7. Rejoice not in inequity, but rejoice in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. And this scripture, you can go ahead and like start from chapter one, is just talking about love um, and the definition of, definition of what love is. And I just thought it was fitting because um, part of really understanding and really knowing love is to walk in a space of truth, um, to really understand. And, and I think like that's what we need more than anything is um, as people is to really understand the truth of each other, 
what our experiences are, what is it that we're dealing with, what is it that we're going through, um, because as Christians, we are not um, immune <laughs> from the effects of the things that are in this physical world. We are. I am not immune to um, the treatment of my I receive because of my black skin, just because I'm Christian. Um, so we have to walk in the understanding that it it my Christianity does not immune me to those things that are physically here. Although God enables me to walk in a triumphant, uh, walk out a triumphant life, despite those things that are trying to hold me back, despite those boxes that the world tries to put me in. So. Yeah, I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. I hope you'll be back for um, next week's episode. And, you know, if there's anything that you want to drop, you can always email. You can always reach out on social media. I would love to hear your thought. And if you like the show, please continue to comment, subscribe. um, And, yeah, let us know. So until next time, see ya.